around time this time. Last time Caleb walked in, dead smack in the middle while I was talking, and it was awesome. All right, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, or gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Good, solid, general overview of the fruit of the Spirit is what we're talking about. So week one, we had Amzie talking about love, joy, and peace. And those are all just, those all flowed really nicely together. He did a really good job. We all got real tender in here. Morgan was playing the keys. It was great. Last week, it was last week, right? We didn't skip one. Last week, Morgan was talking about patience, kindness, and goodness. Those flowed really well together. She tied it into going back to school, and it was great. And then tonight, we have (laughs) faithfulness, meekness, and self-control, which don't even go together, really. It's not even in the same theme. It's just, like, thrown at the end. So we're going to just knock them out one by one, be like playing duck hunt, shooting all over the place. But before we kind of start looking at these things individually, uh, we're just going to talk about fruit in general. Right? Just about fruit. Y'all like fruit? You guys eat fruit? Any of you guys eat fruit for dessert? That's messed up when people are like, for dessert I had a fruit salad or some yummy grapes. Like, that's not dessert. That's, that's fruit. Come on. Okay. But no, that was, that was a side trail. So this, this beginning part, we're going to do something different, and it's going to be a two-way street. This is going to be an interactive core experience. You feel me? You guys feel me on this? So I'm going to need you guys to work with me. Can you guys do that? Okay, so you already blew it because I asked you if you could do it, and then nobody said anything. <laughs> Can you guys help me out here with this? Okay. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys some questions, some, some deep questions, and I need you guys to answer me when I ask, okay? You guys ready for it? Okay, what kind of fruit grows on an apple tree? Okay, what kind of fruit grows on an orange tree? This man said pears. He's with it. What kind of fruit, what kind of fruit grows on a peach tree? Peach, okay. Stunning. You guys are really good at this. You guys should all be botanists. Okay, hard-hitting revelations right up front. I know that. But notice we identify a tree by the type of fruit that grows on it. You look at a tree. You want to know what kind of tree it is? It's got an apple on it. It's an apple tree. Shocking. Deep revelation on a Thursday night. I know. That's why they pay me the big bucks around here is for Thursday night heavy revies. Am I right, Hoss? Okay. Okay, so we identify trees by the fruit. (laughs) If it's it's got an apple on it, it's an apple tree, it's an orange on it, it's an orange tree, okay? The same principle applies to people. We can identify people by the fruit that we see in their lives. And notice these characteristics that are listed in these verses are called the fruit of the Spirit. And so when you look at someone, just like you can look at a tree and say it's got pears on it, it's a pear tree. When someone looks and they see things like love and joy and peace in your life, then they should be able to identify you as someone who lives a spiritual life and is walking with God. So I like that it ties it in and calls these things fruit because, I mean, just like, you know, when you, if you're planting an apple tree, maybe at Huber's orchard, and you plant a seed and you wake up the next day, you're not eating apples. They don't grow 
It's a process and it takes time. You gotta plant the seed and you gotta cultivate it and water it and take care of it and protect it and then eventually it grows and gets stronger and starts to bear fruit and then you have apples as a result of that. And it ties in really well with these, these nine fruit that are listed because these, these nine things are um, a fruit or a result of a healthy spiritual life and a healthy walk with God. So when you focus and take time to cultivate and grow and protect your spiritual life and your relationship with God, then these are the things that you're going to see and these are things that other people are going to recognize um, and the fruit that you're going to have in your life. So, amen? So now we're going to start knocking these out, going through these last three fruit one by one, figure out what they mean. So faithfulness. We're going to start with faithfulness, the next one in the line. And this faithfulness is, uh, can be kind of like one of those Christian buzzwords that people throw around and with like a lot of weight in church and God, faithfulness, and you must be faithful. And, um, but when it's really boiled down, faithfulness is pretty simple. And um, really what faithfulness is, is just doing what you say you're going to do. Like a, you just say that you're going to do something and then you do it and then that's faithfulness. It's, it's, apparently it's just you do what you say you're going to do, and then it works out like that. So um, remember like 12 seconds ago, I asked you guys if you would help me out with something, and then you said yes, and then like right after that, you did the thing that you said you were going to do? You're all faithful. That was really great of you guys already walking in these fruit of the spirit that we're talking about, and I'm really proud of all of you. So faithfulness is something that doesn't just apply to our life at church. Um, It's a word that we a lot of times don't hear outside of church, but it's something that really applies to every aspect of our life, whether it's at home or in relationships or maybe at school or our jobs. So if you guys want to open your Bible, if you have it, to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16, and we're going to start in verse 10. And this is from the New Living Translation. Hopefully that made it on the podcast. If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So we see here that faithfulness is a journey, and it's a process, and it's not something that happens overnight. Like I said earlier, just like planting a tree, you don't wake up the next morning and see fruit. We see in the verse, you start, if you're faithful in the little things, then you're going to be faithful in the big things. If you're faithful with someone else's, then you're going to have your own to be faithful with. And so this is a result, again, like I said earlier, of a healthy spiritual life, um, Faithfulness should be something that people um, who are spiritual people or Christians or walk with God are known for um, because it's a result of your relationship with God and of a healthy spiritual life. And so, like I said, it starts in the small things and um, like helping to, you know, Pappy with a sweet object lesson starts with a small thing and then it grows from there. And as you're faithful in small things, God is going to see that he can trust you with bigger things, but also in the natural, people are going to see 
you know, that they can trust you with bigger things. Maybe it's at work if you're faithful with small things that maybe somebody would say, well, that's just a little thing. It doesn't matter. But as you're faithful with that, people are going to recognize that and you're going to be able to grow. So when you're faithful, people don't have to wonder if they can count on you. They don't have to say, is he going to be there? Is she going to follow through? Is she going to do what she said? I don't know. They click yes on the Google Calendar invite, but we really don't know if they're going to be there or not. Faithful people are known for being faithful, and people know that when you say you're going to do something, that you're going to do it. And so when you follow through, like I said, with the small things and continue growing yourself spiritually, then eventually faithfulness is like a ladder, and you just it, it's a way to grow yourself and grow the responsibility you have and the things that you have by showing yourself faithful. Faithfulness. Sweet. It's a sweet thing. So, faithfulness. Change gears directly into meekness because these don't even flow together. Anybody know what meekness means already? I did not for the longest time. Even like when like we had to memorize um, the fruit of the spirit in like elementary school. And you said meekness and had no idea what it was, but you said it so that you could get, like, a Laffy Taffy or something for memorizing them all. <clears throat> but meekness, um, I always kind of knew sort of what it meant. Like, it was, like, maybe, like, humbleness. And some translations call it gentleness. So, like, maybe don't be too rough when you're wrestling with Hoss and he gives you a frog in the shin and you have a bruise for weeks. Um but meekness, what meekness is, is meekness is, it is humility and gentleness and um, not wanting to fight, um, not insisting on getting your own way, being okay, um, you know, not having things done your way. You know, meekness isn't going to say it's my way or the highway. Meekness is going to say whatever, you know, I can do whatever. It's simply, really simply, meekness is going to always, in every situation, refuse to argue and refuse to fight always. So that's kind of the, the simplest I tried to boil down meekness to. And you would be surprised, you'd be really surprised at how many problems in your life would go away if you just made the choice and said, I'm just not going to argue. I'm not going to argue about anything with anybody. Um, in James 3.16, I'll just read it here. It says, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil, evil work. So we see that strife and arguing, it's not just, you know, oh, I got in a fight with somebody. Literally, it opens the door to every single evil thing that there is. And so when we have an attitude of meekness, then we, that's keeping us out of strife and keeping the door closed to, all, to confusion and every evil work. You know, arguing and strife creates division and it invites things like sickness or, you know, um, poorness, broken relationships, all these things, the door to them is opened when you choose to argue. And it argue, getting into an argument is always a choice. You can always choose to argue or to practice meekness and to not argue. So that's why meekness is such, an, it's such a big thing. A lot of times it doesn't seem like, you know, it's that big of a deal. Like, okay, don't argue because then, like, you won't hurt people's feelings. But literally, it keeps the door closed to all of the evil things that there are. So, <clears throat> a lot of times, um, just in the natural, just like out in the world, meekness is associated with backing down and not defending yourself. 
but meekness isn't weakness. Meekness isn't weakness. Oh, I should have made a slide for that. I just now said it out loud and it rhymed. Meekness is not weakness. It's the opposite. Meekness is strength. And if you've ever been in a situation where um, there was like an opportunity to argue and fight with somebody, the easy thing to do is get sucked in and fight with them. I don't know if any of you have known me <laughs> back when I was in high school, but I fought with everybody about everything. Because fighting, to get sucked in and like argue with people and fight and try to be right all the time and try to have your way all the time, it's easy. The hard thing to do and the strong thing to do is say, okay, even if you don't agree with something, it doesn't mean you can't have your own opinions on something or suggest things, but at the end of the day, choosing not to argue and say, okay, we'll, we'll do it your way, even if it makes me uncomfortable or it's more work for me or I think there's a better way to do things, okay, we can, that's fine. I'm not going not gonna to argue. Refusing to argue is what meekness is. And meekness, meekness is so vital because meekness preserves unity. Um, in your relationships, um, just not, you know, personal relationships, but then especially here um, or with your friends or family, unity is vital. Unity makes us strong. We're strong when we're together. The Bible says that when there's unity, you can do anything. Um, and so having that attitude, like, I'm just not going to argue. I'm going to be agreeable. However we're going to do things, that's great. That's great with me. I'm okay with it. I'm on board. We want to go to Porto again for the 80th time this week, great, great, I love it. Let's go and eat nachos and pay for it later on uh, with an entire break in our stomach that we have to deal with. That's fine, because I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna say, no, we just ate, I just ate at Porto a hundred times this week and it always gives me the squirts and I just don't wanna do it. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't do that to me because I have a really strong stomach but I know it does do that to some people. So I love Porto, I could eat there every day. So practicing meekness ensures that you stay in unity, especially as a church here and things that we're, um, things that we're stepping into and things that we have planned to do. Unity is going to be so important and such a big key. And so it's important to keep this in mind and work on ourselves and grow our spiritual life so that as a, you know, a fruit of that, we're not going to argue. We're going to have unity and we're just going to be peaceful and hashtag chill all the time on a couch at Dee's house and watch TV and eat Taco Bell and not argue. Do we, uh, so that's meekness. If you didn't know what meekness is, now you know what meekness is. Faithfulness, do what you say you're going to do. Meekness, refuse to argue. Lastly, self-control. <clears throat> and I'm going to get a drink. Self-control. This one is exactly what it sounds like. So that's kind of easy to roll into. Self-control, no surprises. It, you control yourself. <laughs> Keep yourself under control. You know what I'm saying? It's, so we don't have to delve into any kind of deep meaning behind self-control. <clears throat> but self-control is something that if you pay attention to either the news or just people in society today, self-control is not something that you see a lot of going around, um, whether it be um, violence or addictions, drugs, things like that, that we could see on the news or see happening in our own lives or to people that are close to us. All of these things a lot of times come down to a lack of self-control. And you hear people say things like, I, I couldn't help myself. I just, I had to do it. I can't help myself. 
And that's a lack of self-control, and that comes from not having a healthy spiritual life and a relationship with God. And so um, a lot of times we think of self-control and um, maybe attach it to addictions. Um, and when we, we talk about addictions, a lot of times we think of drug addiction and alcoholism and pornography and smoking cigarettes. And these are all addictions, and they're issues that people do deal with and need to practice self-control. But it's not just these um, big items, quote-unquote, that we think of when we think of addiction. There's things um, just daily, things that we maybe don't think are a big deal um, that people can, you know, maybe they call them bad habits or addictions that you need to practice self-control in. Um, for example, things like um, people are addicted to worrying. And worrying, worrying is just as harmful to, if not more harmful, than drugs and alcohol. Worry is um, definitely an area that people need to practice self-control in. And a lot of people right now are um, having a habit or getting into this thing of worrying, especially everything that's going on in the world and things that are happening in our nation and with other nations. There's a lot of people that are kind of leaning on worry and that's something that um, people don't really realize is a harmful addiction, but it, it is. And things, I mean, and it, even small things in your life, maybe you're addicted to drama, maybe you're a drama queen, maybe you're addicted to food, maybe you're addicted to video games, am I right, some of you guys? Maybe you're addicted to just like your phone or Snapchat. I'm, I'm not gonna have us raise our hands because I would have to raise my hand about Snapchat. But it's not necessarily always these big, um, you know, terrible-sounding things that people need to practice self-control. It's things in your everyday life um, that would improve your life and that you can control as you grow yourself spiritually and as you grow your, um, your self-control. And so a lot of times people um, who are facing things that they, they feel that they can't control themselves in um, – their solution is to focus, you know, I got to focus on not doing this. Like, I, I can't do it. And they wake up and, okay, I got to, I can't, I can't do the thing today. I can't do this thing. I got to not do it. And they go through their day and then maybe they do and they're like, no, oh, I did the thing today. Dang it, I was specifically trying not to do the thing and I did the thing. And then now I got to make sure tomorrow I don't do the thing. And then they got to put up the, it has been zero days since I did the thing. <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of times this is how people try to deal with things that uh, addictions or bad habits that they have. But notice self-control, like I said, it's a fruit of the spirit. And you don't, if you want an apple, you don't get an apple by f focusing on an apple and walking around and being like, oh, I want an apple. I want to eat it so bad. I want to, oh, I really need an apple. If I only had an apple right now, oh, today I didn't get an apple. What am I going to do? I can't do this apple. No, you, if you want an apple, you got you to gotta plant a tree and you got to focus. Your, you don't focus on the apple. You focus on growing the tree, and that's what you dedicate your time and your energy to, is cultivating uh, the plant and protecting it, and then as a result of you focusing on the tree, the fruit comes. You don't focus on the fruit. That's not, that's not what you focus on. You focus on the tree, and the fruit comes as, as a result of that, and self-control and all of these fruit, really, are the same way. You don't focus on, I got to not do the thing. I can't. I, can't let myself do the thing. If I do the thing, I'm going to be such a bad person. No, you don't focus on that. You focus on your relationship with God, and you focus on your spirit, and you focus on walking with God and, and, and fellowshipping with him, am I right, and reading your Bible and growing your spiritual life. And then as a result of that, 
the fruit is going to be self-control. It's not, it doesn't come by focusing on controlling yourself. It comes by focusing on God because you can't, in your own strength, you can't control yourself anyway. And that's why there's so many people that are failing and you see these reality TV shows of people going to rehab and like blowing it because you can't, you just can't do it in your own strength. And so when you focus on God and you focus on your spiritual life, as a result of that, um, you're going to have self-control and you're going to have meekness and gentleness and love and joy and peace and all of these other fruit that come not by focusing on them and trying to specifically obtain them, but by focusing on your walk with God. So faithfulness, you do what you say you're going to do. Meekness, you refuse to argue. Self-control, you focus on growing your spiritual life, not the problem. And all of these things are things, like I said, they're not immediate. They're not overnight things. All of these things take time. And all of these things that, as Christians, we're all growing in continuously. There's nobody that's, you know, I mean, obviously people are further along than others, but nobody has reached it yet. Um, It's something that we continue to grow and continue to focus on um, every day of our lives. So, hopefully, we know what meekness is now. Let me, think, let me see if I can name them all. Love, Angie did love, joy, peace. Morgan got patience, kindness, goodness. Tonight, we hit faithfulness, meekness, self-control. That's all I have for tonight. Do we have any other announcements, anything? Right on. Okay, we'll pray.